One of the questions of Parikshit Maharaj to all the sages present on the banks of the Ganga was what is the duty of every human being and especially of one who is about to die? Here, this in this verse which we're reading today, this question of Parikshit Maharaj is answered. What is the uh, highest duty of every human being? Well, someone may say to study Sankhya philosophy, study science. Sankhya is equated with science because it uh, examines and identifies and classifies the categories of this material world. As modern science is based on mathematics, so also Sankhya means literally counting. So someone may recommend that the highest perfection of life, uh, therefore the proper duty can be attained by, and therefore the proper duty of every human being is to practice yoga, which Srila Prabhupada has translated here, yoga abhyam, as knowledge of mystic power. And the translator into Tamil has translated as ashta siddhi, which is not... You know, it's like moving, not exactly what Prabhupada said. Anyway, or someone may say, you just follow your Varnashram duty. There may be various recommendations, what is the best thing to do? Someone will say, you have to bathe, your, bathe yourself in the blood of Jesus. Have you heard this? Ever heard this? Many Christians in the West, they preach like this. You Have you heard this before? You have to bathe in the blood of Jesus. What a horrible idea. Many years ago in Calcutta, this is, you know, know, must be like 28 years ago, something like this. Uh, Our accountant, who was a hired man, Mr. Das Gupta, he uh, came one morning looking very happy to the temple. Came to the temple looking very happy. And he said, I just went to the Ganga Saga Mela. That one day every year in the winter, just after the month of Magh, there is the Ganga Saga Mela. At the Ganga Saga, where the Ganga enters the sea in Bengal, it said that if you take bath there on that day, then you achieve mukti. So many people go there. So Mr. Dasgupta said, I went to the Ganga Sagamela, took my bath. He said, now I don't have to do anything else. That's it. No need to do any more rituals or bhakti or any pious activities. I'm liberated. He didn't realize that just by being in the temple of Krishna every day, even though he didn't go there for devotional service, but just by hearing the holy names of Krishna, and I suppose he might have gone to the temple sometimes and taken... He must have gone for darshan every day. He's a Hindu after all. And uh, every day was taking prasadam. And any one of these activities is far more beneficial than going to take bath in the Ganga Sagar Mela. That's why I'm making fun a little bit of our Shama Chandra, who's the moon has set. Where is the moon gone to? And he went to Muktinath, but uh, <laughs> he got a broken foot. He didn't get liberated from all difficulties. So, uh, Sugadev Goswami is putting 
all the Vedic knowledge into perspective in this verse. Okay, you want to do Sankhya, do Sankhya. If you want to do yoga, you do yoga. If you want to assiduously follow Varnashram duties, you can also do that. But whether or not it is successful will be tested at the time of death. Srila Prabhupada sometimes used to quote uh, a saying in Bengali that Shadankara, Bhajankara, Martejanteho. That all the activities of sadhana and bhajan, all the practices we do, it will all we'll see at the time of death what happens. Once one of our devotees, uh, he was asked, "Who is sincere?" Here he is, came back from Mukti. <laughs> Who is sincere? We'll pray. So he said, "At the time of death, we shall see." <laughs> Now, indirectly, it's saying that all Shukadev Goswami is, is saying that at the time of death, one has to remember Narayana. So, indirectly, he's saying these other processes, they're not very good. Not very good. Because by Sankhya, you're saying, well, this is this, and this is that, and something is something else. But if you're not focused on Krishna, then you're just focused on Krishna's material energy then we remain within Krishna's material energy. Of course, the Sankhya philosophy, which is given by Devahuti Putra Kapiladi, the Supreme Lord, that is very good. That is the background of Bhakti. But Sankhya, in and of itself, simply counting, this doesn't give us Krishna. It can be very fascinating. People, mathematicians, they become fascinated by mathematics. It's, uh, if you get into it, it can be very interesting. Just like, for instance, uh, well, I won't tell that. That's a bit, I was going to talk something about mathematics, but that's a bit of a deviation, so I won't. <laughs> so, uh, if you're all the numbers, you're counting this and that and this and that, and you don't find number one, Krishna, then it's all useless. Yeah. In mathematics, everything depends on one. Two is only two ones. The two is only two ones. So one is the basic unit. So Krishna is the basic unit of everything. Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasar Thakur, when he met scientifically minded people, he would present Krishna consciousness to them in terms of mathematics. He might, for instance, refer to Krishna as the uh, essential integer I don't know how you're going to translate yeah, that into yeah. Tamil. Integer means, uh, it means number. It's slightly different. And essential means sara, something like that. So, anyway, let's go on. So, uh, he himself, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvataka, was a brilliant mathematician because he was a uh, student of Jyotish. So, in those days... Jyotish, it wasn't, the calculations weren't done by computer, they had to be done personally. Mm-hmm. So it required great knowledge of mathematics. To, nowadays you see anyone picks up a book, teach yourself astrology. But actually to study, to uh, understand astrology, one needs to know astronomy, first of all. Actually in Sanskrit, for both astronomy and astrology, it's the same word, Jyotish. So one, to, to know astronomy, one had to know mathematics. 
One had to uh, be learned in uh, spiritual knowledge and have knowledge of the principle of, uh, of karma. And uh, one had to know Sanskrit, of course. And one had to practice sadhana and be uh, pure also. Otherwise, you wouldn't have insight. You could study uh, in a very uh, formal way, but you wouldn't have insight. You wouldn't have realization. Unless one lives a very pure life and performs sadhana, he's not blessed by Saraswati to understand the uh, import of the knowledge that one is learning. And one has to be very pure also to give uh, proper ad- to be able to give proper advice to others without exploiting them. <coughs> so Bhaktisiddhanta Sartako was the already in his youth the greatest Jyotishi of the era. But he left it. He left that. He left that study Actually, the, he was given the name Siddhant Saraswati for his expertise in Jyotish. At the age of 15, he was given that title. But later he thought that uh, Siddhant, the real Siddhanta is Bhakti, and he became known as Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. So he uh, left that study and concentrated on Bhakti Siddhanta. So similarly, yoga, one can perform uh, exercises. Uh, nowadays, people think that yoga is exercises, but that's not really the, the point of Patanjali's yoga. That's there, uh, performing exercises is uh, there, that's, that's part of the... Yeah, it's an anksha, it's one of the... In the Ashtanga yoga, one of the eight angas or parts is asana, which means... Uh, Sitting or the various yoga exercises. But the ultimate goal or the eighth stage is samadhi. So one can perform yoga. Or one can uh, perform one's duty within Varnashram very perfectly. As a Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya or Shudra. Or as a Stridharma, as a wife assisting the uh, husband in all his activities. But... One has to remember Krishna at the time of death. The most important thing in life is how we die. Now, how we die doesn't mean whether we die on a bed or whether we die drowning in a river, but it means what is the state of our consciousness. So, although all these processes like Sankhya, Yoga and uh, Dharma, they are uh, no doubt uh, purifying to some extent. They do not in and of themselves prepare the practitioner to remember Narayana. That is not the central point of their systems. So if we don't practice throughout our life to remember Narayana, then how are we going to remember him at the time of death? Therefore, we find that the conclusion of Bhagavatam, stated again and again and again in various ways, is that one must perform bhakti yoga, Etavan, Sankhya, means all process. these three are specifically mentioned here. But whatever processes, all other, whatever processes there may be, one has to, to, they will be tested by seeing if one remembers Krishna at the time of death. So Shukadev Goswami is entering the uh, arena or the scene where Parikshit Maharaj is gathered, you know, all, all the so many rishis have gathered around him. 
And he's immediately giving the uh, correct understanding. Mm-hmm. Shukadev Goswami, he entered uh, the, this uh, place where that's now called Shukatal, where Parikshit Maharaj was sitting. And uh, everyone could, the, these, the sages who were present, they could understand from his bodily features that he was a highly exalted spiritual. There are certain physical features uh, which uh, distinguish someone who is very spiritually advanced. Pancha Dirgha, Pancha Sukshma, these are described in Shastra. Five <coughs> very long, some things are very long, and five things are very fine, so the arms are, should be very long, just like it's described about Garnetai, Ajana Lambata Bhuja that they have arms stretching down to their knees. So five things are very long. Five things are very fine, including the intelligence. That cannot be seen. Uh, that can, that's not really part of this. not physically observable. Then uh, there's the uh, sapta rakta. The seven places are reddish. So like this, they recognized Shukadeva as a, as a highly exalted spiritual person. But they didn't know what understanding he would espouse, because there was no uh, he, there was no sign to suggest that he was a Vaishnava. He didn't have tilak or neck beads. Of course, there's tulsi neck beads. Even all Vaishnava sampradayas don't wear them. But uh, tilak, that is the what do they call? They they translate Western scholars. They translate this as the sectarian mark. We can say in Sanskrit, sampradayak chinna. Well, uh, the the Vaishnav sampradayas of this Kali Yuga hadn't been founded at that time. Another thing is that Shukadev Goswami was uh, he had left home without undergoing any kind of upanayanam or diksha ceremony. <coughs> As the son of Vyas, a great Brahmin, it would have been expected that he would have an Upavitam. Upavita, Pavitra, Yagyopavita, these are Yagya Sutra, there are so many words for that. So, uh, but he didn't have that either. He's addressed in uh, Bhagavatam as Vyasa Sunu, the son of Vyas. But uh, he didn't have any sign to show that he was the son of a Brahmin. But, so, yeah, so he was there, so no one knew actually what he was going to say. And when he uh, started speaking, uh, everyone might agree with him, because he's talking about detachment from this material world. But now he's, in this, in the previous verse and this verse, he's coming to the point. Everyone can understand what is his position. He is uh, making it very clear that... He is a Vaishnava. And that the uh, purpose of life, he's going to inform Purikshit Maharaj that the uh, highest duty of every person, and especially of one at the, on the verge of death, is to remember Narayana. Purikshit Maharaj's question, what is the duty of everyone, especially at the time of death? So these two come, they're brought together in this answer, in this verse of Shukadev Goswami. That in one sense it doesn't matter what you do during life as long as you remember Narayana at the time of death. 
But of course, it does matter what we do during life, because if we don't cultivate remembrance of Narayana, then we won't be able to remember him at the time of death. So Shukadev Goswami will elaborate on this further. And in various ways throughout the Bhagavatam, he will explain how all these other processes are, are incomplete and only bhakti is complete. So stay tuned in. Remain on remain with us. We've got a lot of we've got another eleven cantos ahead here. There's a lot to be heard and read and understood. And it's all for the highest benefit of every person. It's Vedyam Vastava Matra Vastu Shivadam Tapatrayon Mulanam. These words, and in the beginning of Bhagavatam, Srila Prabhupada translated in a particular way. He said that the uh, highest, he translated this as the highest truth is reality distinguished from, from illusion for the welfare of all. It uproots the threefold miseries. So, uh, what is the highest truth? There was a, a philosophy that was expounded by, I think it was, uh, who was that? John Stuart Mill, a famous English philosopher who was in, I believe, the 17th century. Anyway, that philosophy is called utilitarianism, which. Uh, Utilitarianism means that which is practical. Although there are other schools of philosophy called pragmatism. Anyway, that came much later. But anyway, the, uh, the motto of utilitarianism is that how can we, well, how can we distinguish what is good? What, what is the meaning of good? And uh, he defined good as that actions which contribute to the, uh, they, they bring about or they're likely to affect the uh, happiness of the greatest number of people. So it's not a, it's, it's quite a good idea, isn't it? It sounds pretty good. But uh, due to uh, not proper understanding of what is beneficial for everyone, then uh, they might, for instance, think, well, it's very good to have good slaughterhouses because then. You know, it's good for everyone, but they don't realize that that's sinful. It's not good for the animals. Or communism. If you study it, if you study Marx's idea, the ideas of Marx and Engels, who are the uh, philosophers who dreamed up this communism, it seems like good ideas that everyone should be equal, property should be shared by everyone. And uh, no one should dominate anyone else. And everyone should work for the benefit of everyone and produce according to their capacity and take according to their need. So it seems like a very good idea. Srila Prabhupada often spoke of spiritual communism because uh, the ideas of Marx and Engels don't take into account that there are differences between people. And uh, some not... Some people are fit to lead and some people are fit to follow. And the tendency for the strong to exploit the weak is always there as long as the consciousness is not purified. So the idea of uh, equality, that's there in the Bhagavad Gita actually. 
we have the term samadarshana, seeing everyone equally. Where does that where does that term come up? Which verse? Who can say the verse? Vidyavinaya Sampane Brahmane Gavi Hastani Shuni Chaiva Shvapa Keja Pandita Samadarshana. So one who is a pandit he sees a learned and gentle Brahmana Vidyavinaya Sampane Brahmane a cow an elephant Hastani sounds like a female elephant. Then uh, a uh, what is it? How does it has to be Shuni, a dog, and a dog eater sees them as the same. Now, of course, this has to be understood in context. That, as Prabhupada said, that we see we see all living beings equally. That doesn't mean we embrace a tiger. We have to. Uh, Understand that all living beings are part and parcel of Krishna, but we have to, while in this material world, we have to uh, interact with the world in terms of its present situation to a large degree. Anyway, the point I'm making is that there are, there have been and are many philosophies within the world, and many of them may have some good ideas, but the good ideas can be brought to their perfection by the uh, Bhagavat. The philosophy given in Srimad Bhagavatam. Srila Prabhupada discussed various philosophers and their ideas with some of his disciples. He, he found the defects in various philosophies and he found the good points and, and explained the good points and brought them to perfection. So that, uh, that collection of discussions has been published as a book. What's, the, what's it called in English? Beyond Doubt and Illusion? Something like that. Before it's called Vedic Dialectalism. Spiritual Dialecticism. Something like that. Anyway, the point is that Shudev Goswami gives perfect philosophy in Srimad Bhagavatam. And by studying Srimad Bhagavatam, we can meet anyone and speak with them. And understand, uh, even without studying all different philosophies, we can uh, defeat them on the basis of the knowledge of Bhagavatam. Or bring them to their highest perfection. Hare Krishna. Any question about this, please? Has this got anything to do with the class? Any question about the topics that have been discussed? Prabhupada often he wouldn't take the question unless it was related to the class. This is another question. Why don't you give one question at a time? How is it that Krishna easily gives moksha or mukti? Well, why not? People want it, he can give it. Mukti dati karhichit nasva bhakti yogam. But he does. He gives moksha more easily, but the uh, bhakti he doesn't give very easily. One requires more qualification for bhakti. Because by bhakti one can control Krishna. If you're, in, if you're fully in maya or if, you, or if you're just in impersonal liberation, you're still away from Krishna. So Krishna makes someone indra, he makes someone an ant and he can give someone moksha also. But bhakti he doesn't give very easily. So what was the second thing? Yeah, say that. Moksha means if they're aiming for... Uh, parampada, that's what they say. They want to go to Vaikuntha. 
So if they follow the system and then they may be blessed by Bhagavan to attain that. We say ritual, but you know everything we do in Krishna, what we are doing could also be called ritual. It's just a different kind of ritual. So it's uh, ultimately you see that it comes down to the point. We get what we want by the mercy of Krishna. If you if we want to uh, remain in the material world, Krishna will allow it. If we want moksha, Krishna will allow that. If we want to dance with Krishna, Krishna will allow it. But uh, that we have to really want it. We have to. That means if we want to dance with Krishna, we have to give up the desire to dance with Maya. So if we if we desire, if we have the feeling that I I want to go to Vaikuntha to serve the Lord there, and we perform the required activities to do 